Well, let's open our Bibles this evening to chapter 39 of the book of Genesis. And tonight we have one of those pleasant chapters. We get back to the life of faithful Joseph. And though we see him in times of great suffering and trial, things seem to be going against him. But in the midst of it, as we'll see in this chapter, that in the midst of the trials, there's God's immense blessing that makes him, even in his trial, to, to be someone to be envied. And so there are so many lessons that we can learn from Joseph. And so let's begin reading at verse 1 in Genesis 39. We'll read through verse 23. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph. He's taken prisoner, and yet we have this statement in the midst of it. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. He's a slave, but he's described as a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So he has a testimony to this ungodly Egyptian. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had he put under his authority. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. So Joseph's faith, Joseph's life was a blessing even to this ungodly master. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. In other words, total trust in Joseph. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, My master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. How then do I do this great wickedness and sin against God? What a perspective that we need to imitate in our own life when we face temptation. And so it was, as she spoke to Joseph day by day, she's hounding him. This may be the first recorded incident of harassment, sexual harassment on the job. But we have Joseph day after day that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. But it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the house was inside, that she she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. And so it was, when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside, that she called to the men of her house and spoke to them, saying, See, he has brought into us a Hebrew to mock us. And here we see already the hatred of the Jews as a people that today we are seeing in our own headlines. See, he has brought into us a Hebrew to mock us. 
He came in to me to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And it happened when he heard that I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled and went outside. So she kept his garment with her until his master came home. Then she spoke to him with words like these, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came in to me to mock me. So it happened as I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled outside. So it was when his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, Your servant did to me after this manner, that his anger was aroused. Then Joseph's master took him and put him into prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in the prison. A king's prison had to do with all of his political rivals and those that would rise up against the king. And so it was full of politicians and full of those that used to work in in the court of Pharaoh. And so now he's in this prison. But the Lord was with Joseph. He's a prisoner, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison, whatever they did there, it was his doing. No matter where he is, he's always going to be the best of what he needs to be in that situation. He was the best servant and administrator to Potiphar. Now he's the best possible prisoner. Prisoner, but the best prisoner because that's where the Lord put him. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Remember that Joseph was a man that God had shown through his dreams that he was going to sit on the throne. He was going to rule. And all of Joseph's experiences to this point seemed to contradict that and be the exact opposite of what God had promised. And it's easy for us to read this and to think of it as a, well, a Sunday school story. We all learned this in Sunday school. But, but try to understand that this was Joseph's life. This was his real life experience. And to understand that the same principles that guided his life when going through things that seemed to contradict God's promises, when we go through things in our life, in our experience, those same principles are to guide and direct our life. In other words, the, the simple word is faith. Believe what God said. Believe the promises that God made. We don't live by our feelings. We don't live by our circumstances. We live by the word of God. What does it say? We read these promises over, over in Scripture, Romans eight twenty eight. Well, we all know it, and we know that all things work together for our good. When you look and you read these experiences of Joseph, you don't you can't comprehend, other than us already knowing the end of the story, but it's hard to comprehend if we were in the midst of those experiences to see how this was working for our good. And yet, that's exactly what happened. It would have been easy for Joseph to feel sorry for himself and to become bitter, and so many Christians have over the years. When they've gone through tragedies and sorrows and losses, Many of God's people become bitter and angry against God. Why? Why do you let this happen? Joseph, from the human standpoint, I would not have faulted him at all if he had gotten angry and discouraged and defeated and bitter. But instead, we see him rising to the occasion in every circumstance. 
He doesn't waste time feeling sorry for himself. He doesn't consider himself a victim to his circumstances, to his enemies. This is one of the things, as, as over the years when I've dealt with God's people, there are so many that have this victim mentality. Some of them, it goes all the way, well, my parents, my parents did this, or my parents did that, and that's why I'm like this. And, and some of those circumstances and situations are real. I'm not belittling their impact or their influence, but none of those things can overthrow the faithfulness of God to those who trust him. And so we have no excuses. Doesn't mean that we don't have to overcome some things, whether it be family or society or whatever the circumstances might be. Yeah, there there are things, real things that we have to overcome, but greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. God said he would take care of us. He would enable us to do his will and to have his best. Joseph seems to lay hold of that. And the Lord was with him. And it made all the difference in the world. The Lord is with you. You don't face anything alone. It it doesn't matter how overwhelming it is. And and there are some overwhelming tragedies that we, we face in life. But we never face it alone when we trust him. He's a prisoner. First he was a slave in Potiphar's house. Rose to the top there, best possible slave you could ever wish for. Does everything right, and then he gets unjustly accused. He does it right, and yet he gets accused of doing it wrong anyway. Now, if, if there's anything that would make me bitter, that would be it. I'd do it exactly like God wants me to do, and then somebody comes along and says, I did it the exact opposite. My motives were wrong, or that, that's, that hurts. God I did what was right in your sight. Why why are you letting this injustice prevail against me? But we don't read any of that with with Joseph. Thrown in prison, and before you know it, he's running the prison. When we are tempted, and we all are, when we're tempted to have those pity parties and feel sorry for ourselves, woe, woe is me. No, I'm a child of God. He's promised that all of this is working for me, not against me. Oh, I know the enemy, he has a purpose in this, and he wants to destroy me. I know that. But he cannot overthrow God's purpose, my father's purpose for me. And so when you see Joseph's trials, it ought to encourage you in your trial. God has a purpose. And we don't read anywhere that God tells Joseph what that purpose is. He didn't tell him, now, now Joseph, I'm going to cause you to be sold to merchants so you can learn how to buy and sell. He didn't tell him that. He was just sold. He didn't tell him, now I'm going to let you be a slave in Potiphar's house so you can learn how to administrate the business of others. I want you to learn some things on how to run somebody else's business so that when you become second to Pharaoh, you'll be able to run his business, his country. He didn't tell him that. When he sent him to prison, he, he didn't tell him, now I, I want to send you to this prison full of politicians so, so I can teach you how to deal with these guys. Because they're, they're a unique breed. They're all, they all have this agenda. And you need to ha- learn how to recognize it and deal with it. And He didn't tell him that. He just sent him to prison. When you're going through your trial, God doesn't just spell it out on the wall. Okay, I'm going to send you through this because this is what I want to do. He's promised that you can sit with him in his throne. That's for sure. He's promised this is working for you, not against you. This is providing a a far greater eternal weight of glory. This is 
this sorrow that you're going through, it can't compare with the glory that shall be revealed. He's told us those things in his word. And so all the other things that we don't understand, that he hasn't told us, can we just trust him? Believe. Joseph did, and it seemed to work out all right for him. We read about his brother Judah and the mess he made of his life because he wasn't trusting the Lord. He wasn't living by faith. And I think that's why, why God left those nasty chapters in there with those nasty examples of immorality and vileness as that back backdrop, that black, dark backdrop of evil and carnality so that Joseph's life would shine much brighter, that we'd understand there's a difference. The paradox of faith. In verse 2 of the chapter we read there, it says, The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Seems to contradict. There's a paradox. He's a slave, and the Lord was with him. Then Joseph's master took him and, and put him into prison. Verse 20. But verse 21, but the Lord was with him. The Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. There's a paradox to faith. Two contradicting things, both of them are true. Yes, there's suffering. And in the midst of the suffering is prosperity, blessing, protection. And so this is what we have to remember. Our joy is not in our circumstance or situation. Our flesh, we want to be happy and joyful when everything is just like we want it to be. And then when the bottom falls out, then so do our emotions, so, so does everything about us. We're just discouraged. We don't want to go on. We've all experienced that. I experienced that. But we have to understand that the Lord is with us. He's teaching us. He's showing us. And this is why in Philippians 4 and verse 4, we have Paul's exhortation to rejoice when everything's going right. Rejoice when you have no problems. No, it says rejoice where? In the Lord. How often? Always. And in case we didn't get it, Paul says again, I say rejoice. And that rejoicing is, is that calm delight. It, it doesn't mean that you have to go jumping up and down in this, this bubbly personality. This has nothing to do with personality. It has to do with faith. It has to do with that calm delight. I don't like what I'm going through. I don't understand what I'm going through. But I know I'm all right. I know God has a plan. That's what godly rejoicing is. And because God's got a plan, because I'm all right, I rejoice in the Lord and his faithfulness. I don't rejoice in my pain. I don't rejoice in my trials. I rejoice in the Lord in my trials. And I rejoice in the Lord in my blessings. I just rejoice in the Lord all the time because what? He doesn't change. Oh, my circumstances do. If I rejoiced in my circumstances, I'd be up and down daily. But I rejoice in the Lord always. First John 3, our actions and our attitudes daily will be dictated by our degree of faith in God's promises. The more we believe them, the more, the more we will rejoice. The more that we will seek to be the best God wants us to be in that situation. The best servant, the best prisoner, whatever it is, we want to be the best for the glory of God. First John 3, 
Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Now, if you truly believe Jesus is coming, and if you truly believe that you're going to rule and reign with him, if we live a life of faith to honor him, that faith will cause you to be purified in every circumstance, in every situation. And we know that often the Lord uses trials, the fire of trials, to purify our faith. That when we're going through things, just as when you study Job's life, you begin to see he was the most godly man on the planet at the time. But because God loved him, he says, I want, I want to show you even more of myself, Job. I want your faith to be even purer than it is, even though it's the best that there is right now. I want to purify you even more. So he sent the fire of trials. And little by little, you begin to see some of the dross rise to the top of his, his life, some of his comments. God wasn't punishing him. He hadn't done anything wrong. God was just purifying his faith, revealed some things to him that he might have a deeper walk with God. God does that with us. If you believe Jesus is coming, you'll want to be more pure, your faith to be more pure. God, work those things out in me that, that aren't pleasing to you. Some of those thoughts or attitudes or sometimes even habits or, or actions. Lord, bring those things to the, to the top that they might be burnt off, even if it means trials. First Timothy 6. First Timothy 6 and verses 11 to 16. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Notice that Joseph fled temptation. And so many, so many say, well, I couldn't help it. You, you, I'm just human. Well, Joseph was just human. But because he loved the Lord and did not want to offend his God, he fled. We need to flee some things. But we don't just flee things. We pursue things. We pursue that which is right in God's sight. And you do that through knowing God's word and then applying it to your life. Faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life to which you were also called. And have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things and before Christ Jesus who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate, that you keep this commandment without spot, blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ appearing, which he will manifest in his own time. He who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality dwelling in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to whom be honor and everlasting power. Amen. That's the one that we serve. That's the one that we fear. That's the one that we trust, not our circumstances, not our situation, but Jesus, the Lord of lords and the King of kings, who is our good shepherd. When it says that the Lord was with Joseph, this is the one who's with us, this almighty, all wise. He's with me in every circumstance, every trial, every situation. That's why we can rejoice. That's why we can have peace. We don't have to pretend that we know how God's using this. There are a lot of things in my life I have seen, I've gone through things that while I was in the midst of it, didn't understand that, you know, what good can come of this. But I also learned to, to trust the Lord, 
Lord, I don't understand it. I'm not going to pretend to understand it, but I trust you because I know you understand it. And then there are times when I get on the other side of that, then I look back and I see the, the work that the Lord has done in me through that thing and through others around me. And I can see that. I'm glad Lord, the Lord gives me glimpses of that. But he doesn't always do that. I've gone through some things I still don't understand why. But I trust him. He understands. Let's close this evening with Psalm 1, the first three verses, that we can have the assurance that we can have success in doing the will of God in every circumstance because the Lord is with us. Now, Joseph literally prospered and caused his master to prosper materially. We don't have a promise that we will always prosper materially in the word of God. But we do have the promise that we can always be successful in doing the will of God. Always. Because the Lord is with us. And so in Psalm 1 and verses 1 to 3, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Joseph didn't listen to the counsel of the ungodly. Not to his ungodly brothers and not to anyone else nor stands in the path of sinners. You don't walk that way. You don't live like them. Nor sits in the seat of the scornful. You don't judge like the rest of the world judges. You judge everything in the light of the word of God. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. This is the man that's blessed by the Lord. What is it that thrills your heart? The word of God? The revealed will of God? And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. That was Joseph's testimony, and it can be yours. Again, the prosperity that that we are promised in the New Testament is, is spiritual prosperity, eternal prosperity. And often God does use material blessings and other things for people to see. But more often than not, in this crazy world in which we live, when someone sees your heart, the peace and the joy that you have, and how that you dedicate yourself to, to being the best of whatever God's called you to do, best student, best father, best mother, whatever your role is in society, to do it as the Lord enables you to do, so that others will see there's no better life to live than a life of faith in Jesus Christ. Joseph had that testimony. You can have that testimony. They may not always, like seems to be the case with Potiphar, he saw that because of his faith in Jehovah, he prospered. And Joseph's prosperity led to, to Potiphar's prosperity. And he saw that. And of course, he liked that. Others may not attribute your stable life, your joy, your peace to the Lord, but at least they will have the opportunity. And then maybe the Lord will give you that opportunity to testify to them, to tell them why you have this kind of peace and joy, even in the midst of trials. May we have the kind of testimony that Joseph had. Well, I think we'll close there this evening. So many wonderful lessons in Joseph's life. Well, a stand will be dismissed this evening.